millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. In this video, we've got over 30 people to talk about. We've got the guns, the value guys, and the cheapies there. They're going to make you plenty of cash. I'm going to kick it off up top with Isaiah Papali'i. And what we've got here is someone that is super expensive. We get him pretty well 80k, more expensive than the next guy on the list. But he does come with eight points of a better average there than the next best scorer in Cam Murray. So I really feel like he's going to be a must-have at some point. They do have a buy in round seven, which isn't ridiculous, but... It's also something to think about with these top guns. How many of those guys do you want to be having a buy early on in the season? Cons for him, he obviously goes to a new team. And could you use that money better? Like, can you find someone that's definitely going to make you some cash that, you know, is someone down in this list, for example, that's in the sort of the 600 mark, the 550, and you can use them to sort of make five or 10 points of value, maybe 100K. And then you can eventually work up to someone like Papali'i because I think he's going to be super important. Let's say after round seven bye, he's not going to be playing in origin. So he could be a great target to upgrade one of these guys that are later in the video to Papali'i at some point. So an incredible average of 79. What we see, especially in the Supercoach game, is that the guys that have those huge averages, you need to have them in your, in your team at some point. And you see that with the halfback position, the fullback position, they have some of the best scorers in the game, the, the, the players that get some of the most hundreds, so they need to be in your team at some point. But if Papa Lee is averaging 80 pretty much, uh, he's incredible and you need to get him in your side at some point. Cam Murray at 749 is the next best option for sure. At 71, he averages three points better than the next guy. He has a buy much later in the season in 16. What that really means is you can hold him all the way up to the first buy, which is going to be in the origin time in round 13. So he's going to miss a bunch of games over that period. So I could see myself and see a lot of you guys picking him up at the start and using him all the way the first 12 rounds and then trading him on from there. And hopefully from that point, you've got about a 75 average. He's made a tiny bit of cash and he's scored amazingly well for you. Good thing for him is they have a tough start. So that usually means big minutes for Murray when they play against sort of those top eight teams and the games are closer. That is when he gets the most minutes and we're looking at just a, a big ppm is what we look for with these middle forwards is thankfully with him and you know other middle forwards there Payne Hass and these types of guys they 
do get to play the big minutes. So anytime they get to play sort of 70 plus, they're going to be scoring somewhere in those 70s to 80s, which is great. And obviously you add on a little bit of a attack in there at some point, and he could be one of those guys that you want to start with. So Confirm is really not much and just a little, maybe a tiniest bit of value. If not, he, if he scores a 71, you're going to be happy if you pick him up from the top. Shawnee Lane, so 724K. He had a stellar season last year, average 68. He has a late buy as well in round 14. So he's someone that you could plug and play from the start. They do have a pretty tough draw to kick it off in that first five rounds. But what you're looking at with Lane is even in the finals, he got better and better. So across the year, he improved week in, week out. And he has plenty of attack. You know, he can go on runs for, for certain months there where he scores 80, 90s, 100s and, and does really well for your for your side. Cons for him, just that he's, it's his first season that he's scored so well. And is there any sort of regression from the Eels in this season, 2023? Hudson Young in there at 704K, 67 average and a buy in round eight. I just see him as having a super stellar season last year. So many tries, over 10 tries last year, and I'm just not sure if he can do any better than that. So I'm feeling like his value is priced in, and he's the fourth best scorer. And when you look at some of these other guys like Crichton and Fafita and these types of guys that we'll speak about in a sec, they've all had much better years than what they just produced, where I can't really see Hudson Young scoring too much better than this. Can definitely see him matching this output just because the Raiders are going to be really good this, this year again, and you know probably better starter of a team this year than they were last year, but I just can't see much improvement on his side of the ball. Angus Crichton's going to be a fun one this year. So he's been a top three second row forward for years now and has had multiple years in the 70s averages there. Main issue for him is obviously the buy in round four. And can he step back up and play that superstar role that he has over previous years? Back to scoring lots of tries, being really consistent with his base and obviously getting lots of offloads and tackle breaks there. There were games last year where he'd sort of get 60, 70, 80 meters, and then there'd be games where he'd score a couple of tries. So very hard to determine what kind of consistency you're going to get out of Angus, but you'd be looking for a bounce back year. I really think that in a, a great team, he's obviously got a good setup on the left there. You know, Manu's going to be roaming to that left side as well. So that's only going to be helpful for Crichton and these left edge guys, the centers and the, and the, and the winger there. So I think Crichton can really bounce back and end up being a 750, 800K type of player by you know, mid-next year, end of next year. There's obviously you know, a few things to think about with him potentially not making origin, could get back in there again off the bench. And if he does, he's not going to miss too much time. He's not really, uh, he's not going to be a starter anymore in the blue setup. So I think he's a great all-season type of option. At worst, you could pick him up after round four. So in round five there, you can have a little look at him. And then if you like what you see, you can pick him up from there. David Fafida. Okay, so we end up with a 65 and a half average from him. Buy in round five, which isn't ideal. But there's so many games last year, we just wasn't given enough quality ball. New spine direction this year. Looks like it's going to be Tanner Boyd. And Kieran Foran, can they provide a bit more direction? Can they give him a lot more ball? Can they finally game plan to give Fafida enough ball? If they can, then he can easily average 75 to 80. Still, as I said, a bad year puts him in sixth overall in the 2RF. So he can definitely be a guy that can get up to 750, 800K by the end of the year and you know, 8K cheaper than Crichton. You could pick one of those two guys and I think either way you're going to be great. They both have a, a buy very early in the season. So Crichton's going to be more consistent. For Fita, probably has a little bit more upside. So however you want to play with that one um, is your choice. Paddy Carrigan. So 654K for him comes you know, 35K cheaper there. 
than David Fafita and probably a little bit less upside. Big thing for him is he gets to play every week all the way until Origin in round 13 for them. He's a big minute workhorse like uh, we spoke about with with Murray and, and these types of guys up there like, uh, yeah, so Murray, Papali, um, and, and Crichton and the like there that they could play massive minutes and have a strong PPM there. So with Carrigan, he does average around that 60 minutes. So that's where you get that 62 and a nice PPM. Uh, second year post ACL surgery is the, is the big one for him. And Tohu Harris, the next guy on the list. They're both coming off that big injury. And what we see is that second year is a lot better. Can Carrigan be a sort of 65 minute type of guy? That would naturally just give him a little bit more uh, value, sort of five points there. And does he step up and just do a lot more in attack as well? That's all the questions we see from him. He came seventh last year in total points. Can he do it again? That's a big question. Can he improve on that? That's also the question. And if you think he can improve on that, then he's worth getting in your side because he can be a 700K type of player. I just personally don't see him as a top five to RF. Uh, when you've got a few of these guys that are just in front of him that didn't really have great seasons. Carrigan had a good one and still end up seventh. So not for me, but could be for other people there. Tohu Harris, so 640K. He comes off a 61 average. Buy-in round 12 is pretty solid. Spoke about him having that second year post-ACL. He The years prior to last year, he was much better. Scored a lot more. Didn't, you know, played a tiny bit more minutes, but really the minutes isn't the issue. It was his, it was his output when he was on the on the park there. Uh, so I think that he definitely has a little bit of value, maybe a 65 type of average, but do you want someone who's a bit more of a workhorse that is getting a little bit older that we're not sure if he's going to really dominate and get back to his form from 20 and 21? Or do you go a little bit more expensive and pick up one of these guys like Fafita and Crichton? I personally would go that way, uh, but I know a lot of people would like the consistency of Tohu Harris there. You can plug him in for the entire year, no origin, and you can have a lot of fun from there. Johnny Bateman, so 623k, average 59. So they're obviously basing this, uh, sorry, they're basing this of a little bit of a, a discount on based on what he was scoring when he was here a few years ago. So he's a little bit older, that's probably the main issue for him. At 29, he's gonna have a bit of an interrupted preseason as well. So put those two together, and he definitely ha can have a little bit of value just based on what he was scoring last time he was here. But can he do that again? What kind of role is he playing? Is he gonna be in 13? Is he gonna be in on the edge there's so many questions with him he's obviously a big minute type of guy um but yeah so we're not even sure if he's going to be here you know just before round one if he's going to be here after that so i think we can just wait and see with him and potentially pick him up i would say in round eight or or after that he's not going to be playing origin there's plenty of good things uh, on his side that you can talk about tyson frizzell there we've got him at 603k coming off a down year by in round 10 Obviously, I just think that he, in a better team, a better spine we've got here, he could have a nice nine-round run and, and do really well. He has been someone in the past that's been a, a very attacking type of player, good tackle breaks, good try-scoring ability. Can he get back to that in his older age? That's the, the big question mark for Frizzell. For me, I'm going to be leaving him out of my team for now. If we're looking at the guns, then our top three we've got, Dave Fafita for me just edges out Crichton just because he has a little bit more upside and I think that what they've done with their spine, well, hopefully what they've done with their, about to do with their spine is gonna work out well for him. And, you know, Foran's that type of guy that does like to feed his uh, outside men. And, you know, if he can teach Tanner Boyd uh, the right way to play, then, you know, obviously giving Fafita good ball in close position, not just giving it to him to, to nut truck it up, but actually giving, giving the ball to him closer to the line when he's drawing a lot of defenders is gonna be best for him. So I see Fafita number one, Crichton number two, 
and Murray number three, just having a, a super consistent player who has a strong run all the way through to that first buy. So they're my top three guys, and we move on to the value guys. So Nat Butcher there at 580K, he's gonna get a nice run to start the season, but the main issue is that buy in round four there. So it's his spot until Satili's return. Looks like it's gonna be about eight weeks, so he'll get about six or seven, let's say, uh, for him to do his thing. He obviously got attacking upside in a good team. He scored, I think, eight or nine tries last year. And four out of the 12 games that he played 80 minutes, uh, that he played big minutes on an edge there, he, uh, he scored at 55. So, yeah, the other eight of those, he scored above 55, which is his average, and, and gives him a, a fair bit of uh, yeah, extra juice, extra value there that you can uh, use to, to do really well to start this year. But yeah, that buying round four, just a uh, bit of a kick. And will he make enough cash or score enough points? Like, if he goes on a nice run and scores a few tries, then he's going to average sort of around that 70. But if he doesn't, he could be like a 60, 55, and, and is it worth having that type of guy that can't be in your team for a long time? And won't be able to make a lot of cash in that in that period. Maybe gets to six fifty max, but yeah, plenty of questions. And when and when you know scores uh, the their prices only change after three weeks, then yeah, there's a, there's a lot riding on that first three weeks. For example, Adam Elliott a 563 53.6 average buying round ten, which is nice. Post Fimi average over seventy in in big middle minutes last year for the Raiders, which he should get the same at the Knights fifty five sixty minutes. And you're looking there at a PBM of just over one, bit of attacking flair as well. And you can see somewhere, somewhat of an average in the 60s, the low 60s, I say, at a minimum, would be ideal. Evans got a, he got a decent amount of attacking stats last year at the Raiders. He won't be able to get as many opportunities, you'd say, at the Knights, but I still think he's going to be a great option. One of the best in this position for sure. Really, the cons for him is just don't know his minute split. Is he going to get 50? Is he going to get 60, 65? There's uh, plenty of question marks there. But looks like they're going to need some big middle minute middle forwards. Uh, like Clemmer did, he was a 62, 63 type minute type of player. Uh, Elliot could take that for sure. Mitch Barnett, 536, average 51, buy in round 12 for him. Obviously love his edge output. Talk is he's going to play a bit of edge, a bit of middle. We don't know how many minutes he's going to play. If we're looking at his three years prior to last year, He's 51 average. He averaged 62 across those three years if you combine them together. So it's 11 points undervalued just based on that. If you can get back to that, then that's obviously a bit of a win there. And you can see him being a really solid player. Can be somewhat inconsistent, but he's not sure on his role and what that's going to be at the Warriors this year. Tavita Pangai Jr. with the Dogs. So was played really poorly last year in terms of, you know, lots of games off the interchange, bunch on the edge, a little bit 
uh, in four years there was his lowest and hits a bench games. We had a one PPM for him generally is where he sits. So if he can get sort of a, a 60 minute type of role, a lot of time when he plays the bigger minutes, he can get a bunch more attacking stats, which is obviously great. He doesn't seem to go missing too much, especially if you play him in that two spurts there of sort of 30, 32 minutes each, then he should be able to do pretty well. So by in round 13 as well, you get a long look at him. If you don't start with him, you can potentially pick him up after three or four weeks, but he's super inconsistent. He can get sin binned. He can get sent off. Um, he can get on report and miss a few games for suspension. So plenty to think about with Tavita. Um, I'm thinking about him, but he's not currently in my team. Team Wilton, Wilton, on the other hand, 493K. Average of 47, buy in round six isn't ideal. But again, you're looking at someone that's potentially going to get the starting role. And he's about 10 to 15 points undervalued if he is starting and getting around that 70 minutes, which he has played in the past. So he can really score some good tries. He's in a good team. Again, runs a great line. A little bit like the Fitzgibbon mold, which is great having him as coach. And you can obviously help him and, and, and grow on a one-to-one basis there. But the cons, he obviously may not play 80. We've got Graham on the bench there. Um, but it sounds like he's going to be playing middle. So I think T. Wilton at 493 shows a lot of value somewhere in that high high 50s type of average. And you can make 100, 150K on him and potentially move him on if you need him. Uh, but yeah, five rounds should be enough to make a decent amount of cash. And then you can make a decision in round six if you think he's going to be worth it for your side or not. How we're in Naira. With the Raiders, 41, average of 46, buying round eight. For, for me, with him, obviously in a good team, Try scoring type of player, which is great for Supercoach. But Cons for him is obviously a chance at a bench role. Lots of unknowns and obviously Ricky. So really for him, we need to see him as a starter at a minimum for him to have any value. And then we need to hear that he's going to be playing sort of 60 plus minutes to to really make it worth it. For Tyler Mariner, 472K for him. He's pretty cheap after you know coming off an injury. This will be his second year post that. Last two years haven't really been much for him. He got injured partway through the, the 2021 season, came back uh, you know, midway through last season and sort of played some bench minutes and then played some bigger minutes at the end. Got a buy in round 13, which is good for that. But there's lots of forwards in this team. You, know, you look at that last six games, the average mid to late 40s, which doesn't really give him much value. But in a 70-minute roll, he does average 58, which is great. So can he do that again? That's going to be the question. That gives him 13 points of value if he's able to get 70 there on the right edge in a better team. Luki Garner, 435K, average of 41 last year. The buy-in round three is the only real negative for me. I see him as being pretty well a must-have in this side. Uh, He's in a better team. PBM should go back to about 0.77. Last year was in the 0.6s, which wasn't great. He's got that 0.77 or above three out of the last five years. So really... It looks like he should be getting 70 minutes plus. And if he can do that, then you know, at a close to a 0.8, then we're looking at around that 50, 55 mark. He's in a better team, probably can score a few more tries, runs a good line. Um, yeah, the PPM's just been dropping the last few years. But you know, if there's any chance he gets back to that 0.9 or a 0.85 or something like that with some attacking stats in this uh, on this Panthers left edge, then he's going to be someone that you want in your side. Jack Murchie. 433k, the average of 41, buying around 14. If he gets a chance in that eels, on that eels edge, is he in your team? I don't think he makes my side. At 0.67 ppm, I really just don't think there's much value in 60 minutes, which is likely what he's going to get on that right edge. I doubt he gets 80. Uh, and if he does, that's the only way he's going to have some value. But there's so many question marks for him there. Kiamo Chualangi, 426k, average of 40, buying around two. A little bit annoying, obviously, there. We're not sure how he's going to be used. He was definitely underutilized as a runner of the ball 
last year. When he did, he, he was able to get a bunch of offloads and tackle breaks there. Uh, but they just didn't use him enough. He's a big body. I think there's room for improvement if the team improves. But buying round two, you can wait. Watch him that first week. Probably watch him round three or four or five and see how he goes. And if he's doing okay, you can pop him in and make some cash. Right in here, Corey, at 419k, average of 40, the buy-in round 12. So for him, there's some good talk that he's going to be playing big minutes across the edge in the middle. And if that's the case, then I think that he's probably worth putting in your side at 419. It is a bit of an awkward price, but I just feel like he is someone that is a good player. And if he's finally given a role, that's the thing with the Eels. He just never was given a clear role. He played a lot at center, a lot at uh, second row forward. Both the times he actually averaged pretty similarly. You know, he was able to get some good run meters as a center uh, and good tackle breaks and, and okay tackles, whereas second row forward, you replace a lot of that running with the tackles and he averaged pretty similarly. He's never averaged more than 44 across the season. Is this the year that he can average sort of a, a 48 to 50? I think he definitely can and would you know pose obviously eight to 10 points of value, which I think is pretty great. He's super cheap, uh, but just a slightly awkward price. So that's it with him. Eli Katoa at 411K, you've obviously got a, a player there that has averaged really well in the past with the Warriors, so not as good of a team. 57 when he first came on the scene, which is great. He was able to score tries, and I think that he could do that in a storm side where you know someone like Felice Kafusi does get you know a solid try here and there, average 0.3, 0.4 in his, his try scoring ability, but is he able to build consistency in the storm? If he can, and he can get around that 60 minutes or so, 55 minutes, anywhere around there, you're going to see that PPM close to that 0.951, which he got last season. I can see that happening just with some attacking stats that he'll get with Storm. Hopefully his defense, well, that's the only way he's going to stay in this team is if his defense is good enough. And you know, if you see him in that starting side, then you know that he's been trusted in that role. Otherwise, he just wouldn't get put there. So I think Eli Katoa, if he gets a spot, um, then you've got to plug him in. And only expect about 50 to 55 minutes, but I think that'll be enough at this price for him to sort of make 100K or so. If he gets even more minutes, you know, 60 plus, 70 plus, then even better. All right, value guys. We have Elliot, number one for me. We have Garner, number two. I think they're two guys, a little bit cheaper. Along with Wilton, number three. Butcher, we're just not sure how long he's going to get. Is he going to make enough money? TPJ in there. And then Mitch Barnett, five and six, I'd say. As uh, to so those options, if you like any of those guys, I think they're going to be great. And then we've got guys like Katoa and stuff that if they get a spot, then they're going to be good as well. Okay, let's move on to the cheapies guys. Got about eight or nine of these guys. Mitch Dunn, 372k, 35 average last year. He had the buy. Here's the buy in round 15. Question is, does he get 80 for the first month, right? If he gets 80 minutes for the first month, then there's a decent amount of value. Looking at him, probably averaging close to 50 if he gets 80 minutes. If he gets 70 minutes, somewhere in the 40s. But again, would be enough for him to make some cash. But how long does he get the spot for? Yeah, does he get it for a month? Does he get it for a couple of a couple of months? Is you know, is, is there going to be injuries? There's a bunch of different questions. I'm personally probably going to leave him out at this stage. It's a bit of an awkward price. You probably, if Katoa gets the spot, you probably get him in instead at 40k more. He says a limited time. And he really needs to fire to, to be able to make you some cash. So then you're going to have a couple of price rises most likely. Trent Oro, 365k, average 35 last year, buying around 9, 0.9 ppm last year. He really is going to need big minutes on that edge for him to be worth it. I think about 60 minutes is going to get him enough. You know, 0.9 was him playing a fair bit in the middle. So he's kind of, you know, come into this team a few years ago, playing a bit of edge and now mixing that with, with the edge in the middle. Both those uh, options are going to be okay. We just need the minutes and we need to know that, you know, Nelson's not going to be playing big minutes in his spot. 
Uh, they've got guys like Eli Katoa and stuff. So there's plenty of different options that could get his spot. So let's uh, see what happens in trials and we can work it out from there. Jermaine Hopgood at 300K. We got him at a 28 average last year. The buy in round 14 for him. So he gets a good run. Looks like he's going to be around that one PPM. Big game time the first three weeks is, is guaranteed to him, which is going to be great with uh, Ryan Madison being out with suspension. He's obviously really cheap, which is great. And you know, could he make a decent amount of cash in those first three weeks and, and be a starter in your 17? I think he can be. What happens after that? We're not exactly sure. Does he keep enough minutes in that team to be able to, to make some good cash? Or does he end up getting a sort of 25 to 30 minute roll and not helping you out and making much cash? That's the, the big one for Hopgood. But he needs to be in everyone's side there. All right, Makatoa is next, 246K. He has the buy in round 14 as well. Looks like with Madison out, he'll get three weeks of about that 1.1 PPM and sort of approximately 40 minutes there. Is that going to be enough for him to make some cash as well? Again, is he going to get to the bench and get out, get less minutes or is he going to be completely out of the side? Bunch of things to think about with Makatoa there. And he's obviously a little less safe than what Hopgood is. You'd say Hopgood is ahead of Makatoa. He's had a few years now where he hasn't been able to to do too much, unfortunately, uh, in terms of get big minutes and a big average there as well. Ray Stone, we've got a few guys left here. 246, buy in round 11. Probably going to expect a 1 to 1.1 PPM, which he's got the last few years. Can he get, and he definitely needs it, the 30 to 35 minutes? I'm not exactly sure if that's going to come uh, for Ray. We're going to have to see what the bench makeup is. Are they going to have a sort of hooking option on the bench? Is there going to be a utility guy that's not going to take up too many minutes? And Ray Stone could just be a middle forward uh, you know, off the bench there and get you 30 to 40 minutes. If he does, it's going to be worth it. If he doesn't, he's like a 20 to 25 minute guy. He could burn us and not make us too much money. So that's the big question mark for him. We're not exactly sure what's going to come. Matt Dury at 234. The buy-in round 14 for him as well. Pros, obviously, the he's going to if he earns the edge spot, he's going to be in most people's sides. He's too cheap to to miss out on being in your team as a bench guy there that could you could potentially play if you're in a pinch. Cons for him, the low job security. We have Murchie, we have guys like Bryce Cartwright as well who could uh, be plugged into that team in that starting position and Dury could be on the bench or could be completely other side. So that's the big question mark there. And he has a low PPM. All right, last few guys. We've got Shawnee Bloor at 234K, buying round seven there. Pros for him, if he gets the edge slot spot, you gotta lock him in. He'd have a good, he's had a good stretch of games before his injury a couple of years ago. So he didn't play last year at all, which is the main worry. Um, and hopefully he comes back okay. We, we speak about, you know, post these uh, big injuries and surgeries there that they don't come back as well straight away. But he has had the whole year off. So he should have plenty of, uh, plenty of petrol in the legs and, and should be able to do really well. Spot's uncertain, even if he gets in round one. So big thing for him, if Bateman's not there in round one, where's he going to end up? Is If Floor does start, great. But Bateman could take his spot and he ends up on the bench and doesn't go too well. Thankfully, he is a basement price. So, you know, uh, risk-wise, there's not a lot there. But, yeah, something to think about for sure. And Trey Mooney with the Raiders. He's at 234 as well. Buying round eight for them. Got big wraps in him. He's been in every representative team all the way through to now as a 2021-year-old. 20, and, you know, could he get 20 to 35 minutes? If he gets somewhere around that 30 mark and they really love his output, he's a PPM or one type of guy um, in his reserve grade stuff with some attacking flair as well. If he can get that 30 minutes, he's gonna make us some cash. And if there's injuries here and there, some of those middle fours, Tarpany, Horsburgh, uh, Papali, for example, he could get sort of 40, 50, or you know, 
could get you know at least a consistent minutes, even if it's not high. He is uh, in Ricky Stewart's team, so there's always plenty of issues there. But yeah, uh, very interesting that fact there with uh, with Mooney and potentially getting a, a solid spot on that team. I think he's going to play a role at some point this year. Will it be in round one or will it be a bit later? But my uh, top five there for the cheapies has got Hopgood in, in number one there. We've got Blord number two. I think he's going to play uh, a decent role at some point during the season, getting 50, 60 minutes on an edge, whether there's an injury, he starts there. There's a few different ways that he can do it. Makatoa is probably never going to get huge minutes unless there's like two injuries in that side to their middle forwards, like Hopgood and Madison goes down or RCG and Paulo go down, one of those two. Uh, I think he needs, so he's okay to start, but other than that, not sure. Dury, if he gets a spot, he's too cheap to not pick. And then Ray Stone, if he can get sort of 30, 35 minutes, he has a nice PPM and could do great for your squad. But that is the front row forwards for Supercoach for 2023, guys. Uh, I hope that you I hope you learn a lot from that and got a different perspective from some of the other guys you check out. And if you're some of my fantasy guys that have watched all the way through, I appreciate that. And Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.